hindrances, directions, and conclusions. I shall in the next place lay down some rules or directions on how to get this blessed violence. Number one, take heed of those things which will hinder this violence for heaven. Number one, if you would be violent for heaven, take heed of unbelief. Unbelief is a great impediment, for it is discouraging. When a Christian is working for heaven, unbelief whispers thus, quote, To what purpose are all these pains? I might just as well sit still. I may pray and not be heard. I may work and have no reward. I may come near heaven, yet miss it. Close quote. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 12. And they said, There is no hope. Unbelief destroys hope, and if you cut this sinew of piety, all violence for heaven ceases. Unbelief raises a cloud of despondency in the heart. Alas, you will never be able to go through the work of piety. There are so many precepts to obey, so many temptations to resist, so many afflictions to bear, that you will fall under the heavy burden, and you will tire in your march to heaven. Unbelief raises jealous thoughts of God. It represents him as an austere master, that if we fail in so little a punctilo, he will take the extremity of the law upon us. This discourages the soul in the use of means. Unbelief does as Sanballat and Tobiah and to the Jews, Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 9. They all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work. Oh, take heed of unbelief. It destroys this holy violence. We read of Jeroboam's arm being withered. 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 4. Unbelief withers the arm of the soul, that it cannot stretch itself forth to any spiritual action. Unbelief does the devil the greatest kindness. It makes way for his temptations to enter which do so enchant and bewitch us that we cannot work. Beware of this sin. Believe the promises. God is good to the soul that seeks him. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 25. Do but seek him with importunity, and he will open both his heart and heaven to you. Number two. If you would be violent for heaven, take heed of puzzling your thoughts about election. A Christian may think thus, quote, Why should I take pains? Perhaps I'm not elected, and then all my violence is to no purpose. Close quote. Thus, many are taken off from the use of means and the business of piety. It comes to a standstill. Whereas the truth is, that no man can justly say that he is not elected. Well, it is true. Some of God's children have said so in temptation, but as Peter did not know what he was saying at Christ's transfiguration, so these in temptation. But no man can say on just grounds that he is not elected, unless he can prove that he has sinned the unpardonable sin against the Holy Spirit. 
For anyone to assert non-election is a sin, for that which keeps him in sin must needs be sinful. But this opinion keeps him in sin. It discourages him from the use of means and cuts the sinews of all endeavors. Do not therefore perplex your thoughts about election. The book of election is sealed, and no angel can unclasp it. The rule Christians are to go by is God's revealed will, not his secret will. God's revealed will is that we should pray and repent. By this we make our calling sure, and by making our calling sure, we make our election sure. If I see the beds of spices grow and flourish, I know the sun has been there. Just so. If I find the fruits of obedience in my heart, I may conclude God's electing love has shined upon me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification. Number three. If you would be violent for heaven, take heed of too much violence after the world. While the world cools holy affections, of the earth puts out the fire. The world's silver trumpet sounds a retreat and calls men away from their pursuit after heaven. The world hindered the young man from following Christ. Quote, he went away sorrowful, close quote. Whereupon says our Savior, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Luke chapter 18, verse 24. Demas' piety was buried in the earth. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Quote, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Close quote. Jonathan pursued the victory until he came to the honeycomb, and then he stood still. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 27. Many are violent for the kingdom of God until gain or preferment offers itself. When they meet with this honey, then they stand still. The world blinds men's eyes that they do not see the narrow way to heaven. It fetters their feet that they do not run in the way of God's commandments. Mithridates, king of Pontius, being beaten by the Romans, and fearing he would not escape them, caused a great deal of silver and gold to be scattered in the ways, which, while the Roman officers were busy gathering, he escaped from them. The like stratagem Satan uses Knowing what tempting things riches are, he throws them as baits in men's way, that while they are eagerly gathering these, he may hinder them in their pursuit of eternal happiness. I have observed some who did once, Jehu-like, drive on furiously in the cause of piety. When the world has come in upon them, their chariot wheels have been pulled off, and they have driven on heavily. It would hinder a man to climb up a steep rock with heavy weights tied to his legs. Men's golden weights hinder them in climbing up this steep rock, which leads to salvation. The world's music charms men to sleep. 
And when they are asleep, they are not fit to work. A thing cannot be carried violently to two extremes at the same time. The ship cannot go full sail to the east and west at the same time. Just so. A man cannot be violent for heaven and earth at the same time. He may have Christ and the world, but cannot love Christ and the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. He who is all on fire for the world will be all ice for heaven. Take heed of engaging your affections too far in these earthly things. Use the world as your servant, but do not follow it as your master. Number four. If you would be violent for heaven, take heed of indulging any lust. Indulging in sin will spoil all effort for heaven. Sin enfeebles. It is like the cutting of Samson's hair, then the strength departs. Sin is the soul's sickness. Sickness takes a man off his legs and so dispirits him that he is unfit for any violent exercise. A sick man cannot run a race. Sin lived in takes a man quite off from duty or makes him dead in it. The more lively the heart is in sin, the more dead it is in prayer. How can he be earnest with God for mercy whose heart accuses him of secret sin. Guilt breeds fear, and that which strengthens fear weakens violence. Adam, having sinned, was afraid and hid himself. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. When Adam had lost his innocence, he lost his violence. Therefore, lay the axe to the root, let sin be hewn down. Do not only abstain from sin in the action, but let the love of sin be mortified, and let every sin be put to the sword. Many will leave all their sins but one. They save one sin and lose one soul. One sin is a fetter. A man may lose the race as well by having one fetter on his leg, just as if he had many. I have read of a great monarch who, fleeing from his enemy, threw away the crown of gold on his head that he might run the faster. So, that sin which you wore as a crown of gold, throw it away, that you may run the faster to the heavenly kingdom. Number five, if you would be violent for heaven, take heed of despondency of spirit. Be serious, but cheerful. He whose spirit is pressed down with sadness is unfit to go about his work. An uncheerful heart is unfit to pray or praise God. When the strings of a lute are wet, it will not put forth any sweet harmony. Such as go drooping under fears and discouragements, cannot be violent in piety. When a soldier faints in the field, he soon lets his sword fall. And David chides himself out of his melancholy. Psalm chapter 
43, verse 5. Quote, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Close quote. A sad heart makes dull action. We use the drum and trumpet in battle, that the noise of the trumpet may excite and quicken the soldiers' spirits and make them fight more vigorously. Cheerfulness is like music in battle. It excites a Christian's spirits and makes him vigorous and lively in duty. What is done with cheerfulness is done with delight, and the soul flies most swiftly to heaven upon the wings of delight. Number six, if you would be violent for heaven, take heed of a slothful, lazy disposition. A slothful Christian is like a fearful soldier, who has a good desire for the plunder, but is loath to storm the castle. A slothful person would gladly have heaven, but is loath to take it by storm. Soul, I mean sloth, is the soul's sleep. Many, instead of working out salvation, sleep away salvation, and such as will not labor, but must be put at last to beg. They must beg as divas in hell for one drop of water. An idle man, says Solomon, quote, puts his hand in his bosom, close quote, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 24. He should have put his hand in the plow and instead puts it in his bosom. God never made heaven a hive for drones. Sloth is a disease apt to grow upon men. Shake it off. A sluggish ship is a prey to the pirate. A sluggish soul is a prey to Satan. When the crocodile sleeps with his mouth open, the rat gets into his belly and eats his entrails. And just so, while men are asleep in sloth, the devil enters. And devours them. Number seven. If you would be violent for heaven, take heed of consulting with flesh and blood. As good consult with the devil as the flesh. The flesh is a bosom traitor. An enemy within the walls is the worst enemy. The flesh cries out, there is a lion in the way. The flesh will bid you spare yourself, as Peter did Christ. Oh, do not be so violent for heaven. Spare yourself. The flesh says as Judas, why all this waste? Why all this praying and wrestling? Why do you waste your strength? Why all this waste? The flesh cries out for ease. It is loathe to put its neck under Christ's yoke. The flesh is for pleasure. It would rather be playing games than running the heavenly race. There is a description of fleshly pleasures. Quote, You lie on beds, inlaid with ivory, and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful 
and use the finest lotions, close quote. Amos chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. These are the delights of the flesh. There was one who tried to please all of his five senses at once. He had a room richly decorated with beautiful pictures. He had the most delectable music. He had all the choice aromatics and perfumes. He had all the sumptuous candies of the confectioner. He was lodged in bed with a beautiful paramour. Thus he indulged the flesh and swore that he would spend all his estate to live one week like this, although he was sure to be damned in hell the next day. Quote, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. Close quote. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 and 23 through 24. Oh, take heed of holding intelligence with the flesh. The flesh is a bad counselor. Paul would, quote, not confer with flesh and blood, close quote. Galatians chapter 1, verse 16. The flesh is a sworn enemy to this holy violence. For if you live after the flesh... You shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, or if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Close quote. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Number 8. If you would be violent for heaven, take heed of listening to the voice of such carnal friends as they will call you away from this blessed violence. Fire, when in snow, will lose its heat, and by degrees, go out. Among bad company, you will soon lose your heat for piety. The company of the wicked will sooner cool you than your company will heat them. Vinegar will sooner sour the wine than the wine will sweeten the vinegar. How often do carnal friends do the same to our souls? as infected people do to our bodies by conveying the plague. The wicked are still dissuading us from this violence. They will say that it is needless preciseness and singularity, just as Christ's friends laid hold on him when he was going to preach. Mark chapter 3, verse 21, quote, They went to take charge of him, for they said, He's out of his mind, close quote. And such as are unacquainted with the spirituality and sweetness of piety, judge all Christian zeal to be madness, and therefore will lay hold upon us to hinder us in this sacred violence. When we are earnest suitors to piety, our carnal friends will raise some bad report of it, and so endeavor to break the match. Galatius, Marquis of Vico, being resolved for heaven, what a block in his way did he find his carnal relations, and what a do he had to endure to break through that impediment. 
Take heed of the snare in your family. It is one of the devil's greatest subtleties to hinder us from piety by our nearest relations and to shoot us with our own rib. He tempted Adam by his wife, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Who would have suspected the devil there? He handed over a temptation to Job by his wife, Job chapter 2, verse 9. Quote, Do you still retain your integrity? Close quote. What? Notwithstanding all these disasters that have befallen you, do you still pray and serve God? Throw off his yoke, curse God, and die. Thus would the devil have cooled Job's love for God, but the shield of his faith quenched this fiery dart. Spira's friends stood in his way to heaven. For consulting with them about Luther's doctrine, they persuaded him to recant, and so openly abjuring his former faith, he felt a hell in his conscience. Take heed of such tempters, Resolve to hold on to your violence for heaven, though your carnal friends dissuade you. It is better to go to heaven with their hatred than to hell with their love. It was a saying of Hiram, quote, If my parents should persuade me to, de to deny Christ, if my wife should go to charm me with her embraces, I would forsake all and fly to Christ, close quote. It is better to go to heaven with their hatred than to hell with their love. If our dearest friends and family lie in our way to heaven, we must either leap over them or tread upon them. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Matthew chapter 10 verses 36 through 38. Number nine. If you would be violent for heaven, Take heed of setting up your abode in the lowest pitch of grace. He who has the least grace may have motion, but not violence. It is a pitiful thing to be contended with just so much grace as will keep life and soul together. A sick man may have life, but it is not lively. Grace may live in the heart, but is sickly and does not flourish into lively acts. Weak grace will not withstand strong temptations or carry us through great sufferings. It will hardly follow Christ upon the water. Little grace will not do God much service. A tree which has but little sap will not have much fruit. It may be said of some Christians, though they are not stillborn, yet they are stunted in grace. They are like a ship which comes with much difficulty to the haven. Oh, 
labor to grow to further degrees of sanctity. The more grace, the more strength. And the more strength, the more violence. Quote, But, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Close quote. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Number 10. If you would be violent for heaven, take heed of the opinion that it is not so hard to get the kingdom. Hence, this violence will serve. He who thinks he need not run a race so fast will be apt to slacken his pace. And this has undone many. Who will take pains for heaven who thinks that it may be had at a cheaper rate? But if it be so easy, what need was there for Christ to say, strive as in an agony? What did Paul need to beat down his body? Why does the text speak of taking the kingdom by force? Is not conversion called a new birth and a new creation? Is that easy? Oh, take heed of imagining that that work is easy, which is both above nature and against it. It is as great a wonder for the soul to be saved as to see a millstone flying up to the moon. If you would be violent for heaven, use those means which will promote this holy violence. Number one, if you would be violent for heaven, keep up daily prayer. Prayer is the bellows which blows up the affections. A Christian is most active when his affections are most violent. Prayer keeps the trade of piety going. Prayer is to the soul as the heart is to the body. The heart makes the body agile and lively, and so does prayer for the soul. That the motion of a watch may be quicker, the spring must be wound up. Christian, wind up your heart every day by prayer. Prayer fetches in strength from Christ, and when his strength comes in, it sets the soul to work. Prayer leaves the heart in a holy frame, as the morning sun leaves a warmth in the room for the rest of the day. When Christians lay aside prayer, or leave off fervency in it, then, by degrees, they lose their holy violence. Number two, if you would be violent for heaven, get under godly preaching. The word is, quote, living and powerful, close quote, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It puts life into a dead heart. It is both a sword to cut down sin and a spur to quicken grace. The word is a fire to thaw a frozen heart. Jeremiah 23, verse 29, quote, Is not my word fire? Close quote. As good almost be without preaching, as to be under such a preaching as will not warm us. The word not only informs, but inflames. Psalm 119, verse 50, quote, Your word has quickened me, close quote. Tis the lively dispensation of the oracles of heaven, which must animate us 
and make us lively in our duties. Number three, if you would be violent for heaven, get your hearts filled with love to piety. This is like the myrtle staff in the traveler's hand, that which Pliny speaks of, which makes him fresh and lively in his travel and keeps him from becoming weary. When a man has warmed himself by the fire, he is fittest for work. If you would be violent in working out salvation, warm yourselves by this fire of love. A man will only strive for that which he loves. Why are men so eager in their pursuit after gold, but because they love it? Man, uh, love causes delight, and delight causes violence. What made Paul labor more than all the other apostles? Quote, Christ's love compels us, close quote. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Love is like oil to the wheels. Get love for piety, and you will never be weary. You will count those the best hours which are spent with God. He who digs in a gold mine sweats, yet love for the gold makes his labor delightful. Number four. If you would be violent for heaven, be vigilant. The prophet stood upon his watchtower. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. Why are Christians so listless in their work, but because they are so careless in their watch? Did they but watch to see how their enemy watches, they would be violent to resist him. Did they but watch to see how fast their time runs? rather flies, or they would be violent to redeem it. Did they but watch to see how their hearts loiter in piety, they would spur on faster to heaven. The reason there is so little violence in piety is because there is so little vigilance. When Christians neglect their spiritual watch and grow secure, then their motion to heaven is retarded and Satan's motions to sin are renewed. Our sleeping time is Satan's tempting time. Number five. If you would be violent for heaven, bind your heart to God by sacred vows. A servant will be more diligent after he is bound to his master. Vow to the Lord that by his grace you will act more vigorously in the sphere of piety. Psalm 56, verse 12. Your vows are upon me, O God. A vow binds the votary to duty. He then looks upon himself as under a special obligation, and that quickens endeavor. No question but a Christian may make such a vow, because the ground of it is morally good. He vows nothing but what he is bound to do, namely, to walk more closely with God. Only remember that we do not vow in our own strength, but rather Christ's. We must confide in him, as well for strength as for righteousness. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 24, quote, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength, close quote. Number six, if you would be violent for heaven, be sure you make going to heaven 
your main business. Whatever a man looks on with indifference, he will never be violent for. But that which he makes his main business, he will be industrious about. A man looks upon his trade as the only thing to get a livelihood by, and he follows it closely. Just so. If we would but look upon piety as the main business, whereon our salvation is concerned, we would be more violent in it. Luke chapter 10, verse 42. Quote, But one thing is needful. Close quote. And this is the one thing. To get Christ and heaven. This is the end we came into the world for. If we could thus look upon the things of eternity as our business, the one thing, how earnest would we be in the pursuit of them? Number seven. If you would be violent for heaven, have heaven continually in your eye. This made Christ violent to the death. He had an eye to the joy set before him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Set the crown ever before you, and that will provoke endeavor. The mariner has his hand to the stern and his eye to the star. While we are working, let us have an eye to that place where Christ is, the bright morning star. How willingly does a man wade through deep water when he sees dry land before him and is sure to be crowned as soon as he comes to shore. Every time you cast your eyes up to heaven, think. Above that starry heaven is the celestial heaven, which I am striving for. And thus did Moses. The eye of his faith quickened the feet of his obedience. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. He looked to the recompense of the reward. When Christians lose their prospect of heaven, then they begin to slacken their pace in the way there. Number eight. If you would be violent for heaven, keep company with such as are violent. When we need fire, we go to our neighbor's hearth and fetch fire. Often be among the godly, and so you shall fetch some heat and quickening from them. Psalm 119, verse 63, quote, I am a companion of all those who fear you, close quote. Good company quickens. The holy discourse and example of one saint wets and sharpens another. The saints never go so fast to heaven as when they go in company. One Christian helps another forward. In other races that are run, many times one hinders another. But in this race to heaven, one Christian helps forward another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Edify one another, even as also you do. Oh, nah, let not this article of our creed be forgotten. Quote, the communion of saints. Close quote. Number nine. If you would be violent for heaven, never leave until you have the Holy Spirit. 
desire of God to put forth the sweet violence of his spirit. The spouse begged a gale of the spirit. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 16, quote, Awake, O north wind, blow, O south, close quote. When God's Spirit blows upon us, then we go full sail to heaven. When the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels, then they moved. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 21. The wheels of our endeavor move apace, for the Spirit of God is in these wheels. Seeing there are so many violent winds of temptation blowing us backward, we must have the violent wind of God's Spirit blowing us forward to heaven. Let this suffice for speaking of the means for this holy violence. Conclusion What shall we do? But some may say, we have used this violence for heaven. What remains for us to do? As the people said to Christ. John chapter 6 verse 28 what shall we do? You who have been violent for heaven and are now aged Christians, let me beseech you to still keep alive this holy violence. Not only keep up duty, but violence in duty. Remember, you have that corruption within you which is ready to abate this blessed violence. The brightest coal has those ashes growing on it, as are apt to choke the fire. You have those inbred corruptions, which, like ashes, are ready to choke the fire of your zeal. How was Peter's grace cooled when he denied Christ? The church of Ephesus lost her keen edge of piety, Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. Take heed of declining in your affections. Be not like a body in an atrophy. Be most violent to the last. You have but a little time now to work for God. Therefore, work the harder. Be like the church of Thyatira. Her last works were more than her first. Revelation chapter 2 verse 19. Be as the sun that shines brightest before its setting. Be as the swan that sings sweetest before its death. Romans chapter 13 verse 11. Quote, Your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. Close quote. If your salvation be nearer, your violence should be greater. How should you quicken your pace when you are within sight of the kingdom? He is a happy man of whom it may be said spiritually as of Moses, literally, before his death. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7, quote, His eyes waxed not dim, and his natural force was not abated, close quote. So a Christian's force and violence for heaven is not abated. He keeps the best wine of his life until last. Here's strong consolation to the violent Christian. You are in the way to the kingdom. Though perhaps you have not much in the way, yet it is happy that you are in 
the way. Bless God that while some lie in the total neglect of duty, God has given you a heart to seek him. Psalm 105, verse 3, quote, Let the heart of them rejoice who seek the Lord, close quote. Nay, God has not only given you a heart to do duty, but to do duty mixed with love, which makes it savory food, and to do duty stamped with fervency, which makes it pass current with God. Oh, bless God, who has raised you off the bed of sloth and stirred up the zeal of your soul for heaven. He who has made you violent will make you victorious. Wait a while, and you shall possess the kingdom. When Moses went up to receive God's commands, he stayed six days on the mount, and on the seventh day God called him. Exodus chapter 24, verse 16. Though we wait long and have not the thing waited for, yet let us continue doing our duty. Shortly, God will call us from heaven. Quote, Come up here, close quote. And we shall go from the mount of faith to the mount of vision and behold those glorious things which, quote, I has not seen, nor can it enter into man's heart to conceive, close quote. But may a child of God may say, or but a child of God may say, quote, I fear I am not one of those violent ones that shall take heaven. I find such a deadness of heart and duty that I question whether I shall ever arrive at the kingdom. Close quote. Number one, this deadness of heart may arise from natural causes. Weakness of body may occasion indisposition of mind. Your prayer may be weak because your body is weak. A lute that is cracked cannot send forth so sweet a sound as if it were whole. Number two, this indisposition of soul, perhaps, is only casual and for a time. It may be in a deep fit of melancholy or in desertion. When the sun is gone from our climate, the earth is, as it were, in desertion, and the trees are without blossom or fruit. But this is only for a time. Let but the sun return again in spring, and then the herbs flourish and the trees put forth their fruit. So when God hides his face, his face, there is a deadness upon a Christian's heart. He prays as if he prayed not. But let the sun of righteousness return, and then he is divinely animated, and is as vigorous and lively in his operations as ever before. He then recovers his first love. Therefore, Weak Christian, be not discouraged so long as you do not allow yourself in your distemper. A dead heart is your burden. Look up to Christ, your high priest, who is merciful to bear with your infirmities and is mighty to help them. The End <laughs>